Come on, let's just give him the praise because he's worthy of all of the praise. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. Lavished his love upon us on Calvary's cross. Amen. When we didn't deserve a single thing, he gave us everything. Amen. He's worthy of our praise because of that. How good it is to be in God's house. How good it is to be in his presence. Amen. How good it is to have an opportunity to just come sit at his feet and hear from him. Amen. You didn't come to hear from me this morning. You came to hear from God. I'm going to ask that you just stand and as I introduce and then go to the Lord one more time in prayer. But the title of our message this morning is Making Room for God. It's taken from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 36. And how many of you know that when we make room for God, we make room for blessing? Amen. When we make room for God, we make room for his favor. We make room for his power. We make room for his promises and his provisions. When we make room for God, we make room for a miracle. Amen. How many of you are ready to make room for God this morning? Room for his word, room for his will, and room for his ways. You see, because when we make room for those things, we make room for his goodness and his blessings. Let's go to the Lord one more time in prayer. Father good, how good it is to be in your house. We thank you, Father God, for the love that you just poured out upon us, Father God. When we were still sinners, you died for us, God. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for life and life more abundantly. We thank you for eternal life, Father God, freedom from the curse of sin and death, Lord God. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, Lord God, and we thank you that you're here with us. As always, Lord, I pray for your anointing to fill this house, God, that you would fill my mind and fill my body, you would fill my mouth, Father God, with wisdom and knowledge, and that you would fill it, Father God, with conviction. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would fill this house and that you would give ears, Father, that are willing to listen this morning. Give us hearts, Lord God, that are uh, ready to receive, Lord. I pray that during this week we have tilled the soil of our soul so that we would be prepared this morning. And if we're not, I pray, God, that you would do a work, that you would till us up, Father God that we would be able to receive the seeds of salvation. We come against every hindering spirit, every distraction, everything that would try to come against your word and your power. We trust in you this morning and all of God's people said, amen. You might be seated. Like I said, the title of my message is taken from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. But I'm going to focus on verses 8 to 10, especially as the foundation of the word this morning. And this is what it says. One day, Elisha, who was a prophet and a man of God, went to Shunem. And a well-to-do and well-respected woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. And she said to her husband, I know this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a room on the roof for him and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp. Then he can stay there whenever he returns. And the first thing that the word tells us in this passage of scripture is that one day Elisha went to Shunem. One ordinary day, church, one nondescript day, one 
Just like every other day kind of day, Elisha went to Shunem and a well-off woman, a woman of good repute and a woman of good standing, a woman that was well-received by society was there and she invited him in for a meal. She opened up her heart and she opened up her home, church. She invited him in and how many of you know that's the beginning of every blessing? You see, the reality is every blessing begins when you're willing to open up the door. Every blessing begins when you're willing to invite him in. Every blessing begins when you're willing to make some room for the King of Kings and the the Lord of Lords in your life, church. Psalm 24, 9 says, lift up your heads, O gates, and open up the ancient doors so that the King of glory might come in. Amen. You see, the reality is if you want the King of glory to come into your life, you got to open up the doors. If you want the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty to come into your marriage or to come into your finances or to come into your family or to come into your business or to come into your place of need, you need to open up the doors, church, and let the Lord come in. You see, the sad reality is so often we find ourselves in a struggle, we find ourselves in a need, and the last thing we do is lift up the gates. The last thing we do is open up the door and let the Lord's, the the, the King of glory come in. But this is exactly what we need to do, and it's what the woman did, church. I want you to see that this day wasn't recorded as any particularly special day. It wasn't recorded as the third day of the third month wasn't recorded of the, the, the sixth day of the twelfth month like so many other days are recorded in Scripture, church. It wasn't recorded as a specific day of the week. It wasn't recorded as a special day of the month or any special day of the year. It was just recorded as one day. Because how many of you know any day is a good day to make room for God? Amen? Any day is a good day to open up the gates. Any day is a good day to open up the door so the King of Glory can come in. Any day and every day is a good day to sup with Him and sit with Him and fellowship with Him and dine with Him. Amen? Any day is a good day to invite in the King of Glory, the Lord, strong and mighty, including today. You see, the reality is even today God wants you to invite Him in. Tomorrow, God wants you to invite him in. Tuesday, Wednesday, all throughout the week, God wants you to invite him in. But the first thing that you need to understand is that she made room for a blessing. And she made room for a miracle. And we'll look at the miracle a little bit later. But the first thing we have to understand is that God waits for us to make room for him, church. The reality is God won't force himself on anyone. God won't kick down the door, church. God won't wiggle his way in. God waits for us to make room for him. God waits for us to seek. Amen. God waits for us to knock. God waits for us to ask before he answers. God waits for us to open up the door to let the king of glory into our life. He he waits for us to draw near with a sincere heart like we sang so that he can draw near unto us. If If you want God to draw near, draw near to him. If you want God to draw near to your situation and your circumstance, if you want God to draw near to your heartache, if you want God to draw near to your illness and your sickness and, and, and whatever it is that's going on in your life, you got to draw near to Him, church. you got to open up the door so that the King of glory can come in. He waits for us to make room for His kingdom to come into our lives. And any day and every day is a good day for that to happen. It's exactly why it wasn't recorded as a specific day. It was just one day. And today for you could be that day. 
Every day is that one day that we've got to be willing to invite the Lord in because the reality is, according to Matthew 24, verse 36, no one knows the day. No one knows the hour that he might return. No one knows the moment. No one knows the second. No one knows the day that the King of glory might come back, church. Not even the angels, not even the Son. Only the Father knows when he will come. You see, not only do we have to be ready for his return, we've got to be ready for a blessing. Not only do we have to be ready for a miracle, we've got to be ready for his return because any day the Lord could come back, church. And the sad reality is if we've not made room for him, he's not coming for us. If we've not made room for the Lord, the Lord's not coming for us. If we've not opened up our hearts, if we've not opened up our soul, if we've not opened up our home, church, he won't come in. He only comes into the door that's open. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and what answers and opens the door, then I will come in and sup with him and dine with him. You see, the reality is some of us aren't tasting of the good things of God because we've yet to open up the door. We've yet to open up our heart. We've yet to make it available to the king of glory. And we wonder why his glory is not falling on our life. We wonder why his glory is not filling our household and filling our family or filling our marriage because he's knocking and knocking and knocking. Yeah, I know it's you, Jesus, but I'm kind of busy right now. I know it's you, God, but I'm kind of filled up right now. We don't make room for God and we wonder why God's kingdom isn't coming into our lives, church. Look at what the woman said. Let us build a room for him on the roof and let us put a bed in it and a chair and a table and a lamp so whenever he returns... He might stay there. The truth is she wanted her place to be ready for whenever he might return, whenever he might knock, whenever he might visit, whenever he might come by. Whether it was in the middle of the day or the middle of the night, this woman wanted her room to be ready. Whether it was on the Sabbath or in the middle of the week, the woman wanted her room to be ready. Whether he came while she was working out in the field or whether she was sleeping in her bed, she wanted a room to be ready, church. And you and I have to be exactly the same because we never know when he might return. He might return while you're at work. He might return while you're sleeping. He might return while you're playing. He might return while you're playing peekaboo on the Internet in the middle of the night. He might return when you're not ready, church. This is why the woman woman said, I need to be ready. I've got to keep it kept and I've got to keep it clean for whenever he might come by. You see, the reality is the Lord might return in the middle of my message this morning and some of us ain't ready. He might return on the way home and some of us aren't ready. He might come on the 4th of July while we're partying hardy and we won't be ready for his return, church. If we want the kingdom of God to come into our life, we've got to make room for it. This is the lesson the Holy Spirit's trying to teach. Once again, Luke 24, 40 to, 40 to 41 tells us that he might return at any time, that we do not know the hour that the Father might come. Two women will be at the, in the field grinding. One will be taken, one will be left. Two men will be working. One will be taken, one will be left. Two will be sleeping. Two will be working. Two will be playing. Two will be at the ball game. Two will be golfing. Two will be fishing. 
Two will be in even in the house of God, church, and one will be taken and the other will be left because one was ready and one wasn't. Because one made room and one never did. Because one opened up the door and the other never did. Listen to me, church. I'm not here to condemn you, but just because you're in the house of God doesn't mean you're ready. Just because you're in the house of God doesn't mean your heart's been opened up to God. Just because you're in the house of God doesn't mean His kingdom's going to come into your life. You got to make room and you got to be ready. Watch, therefore, Jesus said, for you do not know the hour that the Father will come. Watch, because you don't know the moment. Watch, because you don't know the minute. Watch, because you don't know the hour, the day, the moment, the second that the Lord might return. And we must be ready. Amen. So one of the questions that the Holy Spirit would ask this morning is, are you ready? Are you ready for his return? Are you ready for the clouds to roll back? Are you ready for the trumpet to sound? Are you ready for the angel of the Lord to descend with a shout? Are you ready for the bridegroom to come and take the bride away? Are you ready for the return of the Lord, church? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Because at any moment, church, in the twinkling of an eye, in a second, the the Lord will return. And if we're not ready, church, we won't be going on a journey to glory. You see, what I want you to see is that this Shunammite woman did much more than simply build a room. She did much more than simply put up some walls and put up a roof, church. I want you to understand that this woman made the room ready as well. She made it livable. She made it inhabitable. She made it welcoming and inviting, church, for whenever the man of God might return. The Bible tells us that she didn't just slap up some walls and put on a roof. She put a bed in it so he could sleep there. She put a chair there so he could sit there. She put a table in it so he could dine there. She put a lamp in it so he could work there. I want you to understand that the Lord expects you and I to make a room ready as well. He doesn't want you to just slap up some walls, put on a roof and call it complete. You need to ready the room, church. You need to get it ready for the coming of the Lord. And I'm not talking about a physical room. I'm talking about a spiritual room. He wants you to do more than slap up a prayer and call it finished, church. You need to ready the room. You need to make room for the kingdom of God to come into your life or it will not come, church. This is what we have to understand She made it ready, church. It was always ready. It was always kept. It was always clean for whenever he might visit. And we should be the same, church. We should always be kept and clean. We should always be kept from the contaminating influences of this world. According to 2 Timothy 3, 17, church, we should always be fit and ready for every good work, the Word says. Listen, when it came to this room, the bed was always fixed. When it came to this room, the linens were always fresh. Remember, this woman was a woman of good reputation. This this was a woman that had proven herself to society. This is a woman that cared, church. This was a woman that wasn't about to let a man of God come into an unkept room. Listen to me. When you have someone important come to your house, you spend all week fixing it up. Amen? Getting it clean, getting it ready, getting it painted, getting it washed. And this is what you and I need to do every day because we don't know when he's going to come by. It's what the woman did. The room was always swept and the room was always kept. The lamp was always filled with oil. The wick was always trimmed. And when the lights went out at night, church, her light went on so that whenever the man came by, he could come and stay there, church. 
Listen, the reality is God expects you to have your oil, your lamp filled with oil each and every day. Filled with the oil of the Lord, church. He expects your wick to be trimmed and he expects the light to be on. What is it, Motel 6? We'll keep the light on for you. It's exactly what this woman did. She kept the light on for God, church. This is what you need to understand is when that man journeyed by in the middle of the night and he saw the light on, it meant that room was ready. It meant that the house was open. It meant that she, he could come in, church, and find rest. And the reality is God looks across this sanctuary this morning and he wonders whose light is on. He wonders which one of us are ready for the coming of the king. He's wondering which one's ready for a blessing and which one's ready for a miracle. Which one's ready for the goodness of God to descend upon their life? Lord, help me. I'm giving it all out in the first service. Not going to have anything room for the second. You need to understand, church, that we, I'm no way I'm comparing us to Motel 6, but we always better have the light on. Or the King of Glory won't come in. The blessings won't come in. The goodness won't come in. The provisions of God won't come in, church. It was always ready. This woman was like the five wives virgins in Matthew 25. You know the story who were always ready for the bridegroom. Their lamps were always filled with oil. The wicks were always trimmed so they could burn bright and pure, church. You see, if you don't trim the wick, if you all know about it, it burns dirty. It burns impure and it burns unclean. You see, the woman made sure that that, that, that that wick was trimmed so the room wasn't filled with smoke and dirt. She kept it ready for the Lord. You and I got to do the same thing. If you want to be ready for the coming of the Lord, you better trim the wick now and then. You better make sure that you're burning clean and burning pure in the sight of the Lord. You better make sure that there's not a lot of soot and a lot of, a lot of sin and a, a lot of unsanctification filling up the, the, the heart of this house. Amen, church? Because if it is, the, the king of glory won't come in. You see, there's a lot of us in the house wondering, where's God been? Where's God at? He can't find his way through the soot of sin. He can't see the light on. So he passes by till he finds another house, till he finds another heart, till he finds another life that's ready for the coming of the king, church. Listen, I hope we understand what we're hearing this morning. I know it's a holiday week, but this is the word of the Lord this morning. Listen, I know a lot of us are going to go on vacation this week, but God isn't going on vacation. He expects us to be as holy on the 4th of July as he does every other day of the year. This woman, the five wise virgins, they were daily devoted to the coming of the Lord. I believe with all of my heart, because of the kind of woman this woman was, church, every day she went up and fixed the bed. Every day she took out the broom. Every day she took out the Swiffer mop. Every day she checked the level of the oil. Every day she looked at the wick. The five wise virgins did the same exact thing every single day. They prepared themselves for the coming of the bridegroom church so that they would be ready. 
You see, the reality is the King of glory only comes into the lives of those who are daily devoted, wholly devoted to Him. The Word of God says, wholly devoted, not partially devoted, wholly devoted, daily devoted. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, not just on special occasions, not just during revival, not just during a, a Mother's Day and a, 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 or an Easter and I'll make my way to the house of God. I'm talking about being daily devoted to the coming of the King. Making sure that our house is ready, daily devoted, church. Understand that's why this woman was blessed, and it's how we're blessed as well, by being daily devoted, daily surrendered, daily committed, daily consecrated and ready for His return. Listen, if you want to be blessed, if you want your marriage to be blessed and your finances to be blessed, want your family to be blessed, then every day they have to be devoted to Him. Every day they have to be yielded to Him. Every day they have to be given to Him, church. You see, every day that you and I wake up, we got to give our day to the Lord. Every day that you and I wake up, we got to give our kids and give our household and give our marriage and give our finances. we got to give it to the Lord. And listen to me, the reason so many of us are experiencing hell and heartache in our household, in our finances, in our marriage, in our business, in our job, is because they are not daily devoted to the Lord. We only run to Him when we got a problem. We only run to Him when the cupboard's bare. We only run to Him when the body's sick. We only run to Him when we want to raise. We only run to Him when we got to get the lights back on. We only run to Him when there's a need, church. But I want you to understand that the Lord blesses those that are holy fully, daily devoted to Him. Amen. What the Holy Spirit's trying to teach us, church, because we never know what day we might need His favor. Amen. You see, the reason we need to be wholly devoted, the reason we need to be ready every day is because we never know what day we're going to need His favor. We never know what day we're going to need His help or His healing. We never know what day we're going to need His blessings, church, or His goodness, or His mercy, or His grace. We never know what day we're going to need a miracle, church, in our lives. Never know what day we might have need of, church. And the sad reality is, listen to me, if we've not made room for it, it will not come. If you and I have not made room for a miracle, the miracle's not coming. If you and I have not made room for God's favor, His favor's not coming. I want you to understand if we've not made room for His blessings, for His provisions, for His promises, He's not going to put them on the table, church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unless we make room for Him, His goodness won't come into our lives. Unfortunately, this truth is manifested in far too many of our lives every day. We make no room for God in our marriage. We wonder why it's not blessed, church. Because it's not yielded to Him. It's not given to Him and devoted to Him. We don't make room for God in our finances and we wonder why they're drying up, church. We fail to make room for God in the workplace. We act like undercover Christians, Christians in disguise. No one knows we're a Christian. Talk like them, cheat like them, curse like them, dress like them, act like them. And we wonder why God's goodness and God's favor isn't coming our way. We wonder why we're not advancing. We wonder why we don't get a raise. We wonder why we don't get a bonus. We don't, we wonder why that advancement's not there, church. Why? Because we ain't made room for Him. You want to move up? Make room. You want a blessing in God's goodness to fall on your finances? Make room for them, church. 
Make room for the, for the power of God to move in your life, in every area of your life, and watch the King of glory come in. Listen, please understand this woman once again did far more than slap up some walls and call it complete, church. She did far more than invite this man in for dinner and then send him on his way like we so often do. You understand what I'm saying? It began, the blessing began when she invited him in. But the miracle came because she did so much more. The sad reality is we come into the house of God on Sunday and send him on his way on Monday. We invite the Lord in for dinner and supper on Sunday morning. But by the time we get to the buffet line, he's nowhere to be found, church. Please understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. She did far more than slap up some walls and put on a roof. She made the room ready. She put a bed in the room. She put a table in the room. She put a chair in the room. She put a lamp in the room so he could stay there, church. Not so he could just visit. Not so he could just come by. Not so we could just have a little meal together on Sunday morning. She made it ready so he could stay there. If you want God to stay in your finances, you better do more than put up some walls. If you want Him to stay in your marriage, you better do a little bit more than have a big ceremony and say a few vows. You better fill that marriage with a bed and a chair and a lamp and a table. You better fill it up, church. You understand what I'm saying? We've got to do far more than, and that's what we do with God. That's where most people are in their relationship with God. They invite him in for a meal or two, but they've made no room for him to stay. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want God to stay in my life. I want his blessings to stay in my life. His favor and His anointing and His goodness and His mercy and His grace. I want it to stay in my life. And the only way that's going to happen is if you and I make room for it. Amen? Listen, this is what we have to do. The sad reality is so often, you know, putting up a wall is like putting up a facade. We're good at that. See me? Ha! Got a nice facade. Put on a nice three-piece suit. Slap up some walls. Slap on some makeup. Put on a good do. Put on a nice hat. Carry a big Bible. Put on some spiritual speech. But we've done nothing to ready the room. Nothing to make it ready. Nothing to make it inhabitable. Nothing. We're like whitewashed sepulchers, actually, Jesus said. All pretty and beautiful on the outside, but full of death on the inside. And the reality is God's not going to inhabit a place like that, church. If you want the king of glory to come in, you better do more than put up a facade. You better do more than put on a three-piece suit. Better do more than put on a pretty hat. You better do more than just put on a performance. You better make your room ready, church. Better make your room ready. And when you and I do, do, the king of glory will come in. We build a little room, but we never clean it. We build a little room, but we never keep it. Build a little room, but we never make it welcoming and never make it inhabitable. We never fill it up with the things of God, church. We fill it up with junk. We fill it up with clutter. Fill it up with carnality. 
fill it up with the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, and we wonder why the King of glory won't come in. We wonder why His favor's not there. Wonder why His blessing's not there. We wonder why the goodness of God and the favor of God that we sing about and clap about isn't being experienced in our lives because we have not made room for it, church. Listen, if you want the goodness and glory of God to fill your life, you've got to be ready for it, church. You've got to ready the room. If you want His peace and goodness to fill your marriage, you've got to ready it, church. If you look at verses 13 through 16... Elijah asked what he could do for this woman because of her kindness, because she readied the room. He said, because of all of this, because of the ready room, because of your kindness, because of your hospitality, because of the food and the meals, because of the bed and the table and the lamp and the chair, because of all of this that you have done for me, what can I do for you? He said, what can I ask the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty to do for you? Please understand, church, the blessing doesn't come until we've made the room. You see, dinner wasn't enough to bring the blessing into this woman's life. If you read it, you'll discover that he had been for dinner several times at her house. But it wasn't until she built the room that he asked, what can I do for you? It wasn't until she made the space so he could stay that he was willing to say, now, what can I do for you? What can I ask God to do on your behalf? You see, here's the reality. We invite God in for dinner. We have this little acquaintance with God. And then we wonder why the blessings aren't coming. We ask for a blessing. We cry for a blessing. We pray for a blessing. We whimper and complain for a blessing. We do all of those things. God, but listen to me, church. When you make the room, I promise you that the king of glory will say, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Because of all that you have done for me, what can I do for you? Listen to me, church. If you understand what he's done for you, you won't mind doing anything for him. Amen. But the sad reality is when we don't do anything for God, It means we don't understand what he's done for us. When we're not willing to be daily devoted, when we're not willing to make a room ready, when we're not willing to sacrifice and make the space, church, it lets God know and lets others know that we don't know how much God has done for us. This is what we have to understand. Here's what we need to realize is that he tells her, asks her, what can I do for you? And as you read on, and I'm not going to take the time to do it, you're going to discover that she was blessed with a child and she was blessed with a son because of her goodness, because she had made a room ready in her life and in her heart and in her household. She was blessed with a son. A supernatural blessing came in her life because she made room for it, church. Because when we make room for God, we make room for His power. Amen? Let us build a room on the roof, she said. Here's what you need to... to to see what she was actually doing. Let us make some space for this man of God. Let us give up a little bit of real estate. Let us give up a little bit of square footage for the Lord. Let us give up some ideas that we might have had for that particular space. Let us give up some plans that we might have had for that particular area 
Remember, church, this was a well-known woman, well-known by all society. She was an entertaining woman and a hospitality woman. And I promise you that that space was accounted for. I promise you that she had plans for that space. Maybe it was for parties. Maybe it was for dining. I don't know what it was for, but I guarantee you that space was accounted for, but she made room for it anyway, church. She made room for it, and because of it, she was blessed. But this is what she said. Let us move what's already there and build a room for this man of God instead. And the reality is, if we want God's blessings to be bestowed upon our lives, church, if we want the King of glory to come in, if we want the power of heaven to fill our lives, we've got to make some space We've got to be willing to make some changes. We've got to be willing to move some old things out of the way. We've got to get rid of some old attitudes, amen? We've got to get rid of some old habits. We have to get rid of some old acquaintances that seem to tie us down and keep us from the glory and the goodness of God. We've got to get rid of the old man, church. We've got to get rid of some old ways so that the King of glory and the kingdom of God can come into our lives, church. Listen, I want you to know that so many families and are fractured and marriages are falling apart because someone's not willing to surrender their space. Because someone's not willing to make room for the other. Because someone in that relationship, someone in that household isn't willing to make room for repentance. Because someone isn't willing to make room for forgiveness. Because someone isn't willing to make room for mercy or make room for grace or make room for the will of God to be accomplished in their life. Families are falling apart and marriages are falling apart because someone hasn't given enough, given up enough ground for the kingdom of God to come into their life. You see, if you're wondering where the blessings are in your finances, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, have I given up enough ground in this area? If you're not seeing the power of God move in your marriage, the first thing you've got to ask yourself without looking at your spouse is, have I given up enough ground in this relationship? Have I given up enough of my will so that His will could be done, church? And if you want the kingdom of God to come into your life, you've got to make room for it, church. I believe with all of my heart that the Lord has had me bring this word this morning because some of us need a blessing. Some of us need a miracle. Some of us need a visitation from God in some area of our lives, but we've yet to make room for a church. We've yet to give up enough space to allow God to move. We've yet given up enough of our own junk is filling our lives. We wonder why the King of glory won't come in. Chew up the pastor as soon as we leave church. Chew up the Word instead of chewing on it. Chew it up and spit it out. Because we didn't like it. See how much junk is filling our lives, church? And we wonder why the King of glory won't come in. In Luke 18, 18, as I begin to wind this down, there's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to experience the kingdom of God in my life? What must I do? Jesus goes on and he shares a few words with this rich young ruler. To which the young ruler says to Jesus, Teacher, all of my life 
I've been keeping the law. All of my life I've been a good boy. All of my life I've been doing this and I've been doing this and I've been doing exactly what you said. Ever since I was a little boy, I've been keeping the law. And Jesus looks at him in the midst of all of what he said he did. He said, young man, you still lack one thing. You want to know what he lacked, church? He lacked the room. He lacked the space. He lacked the sacrifice and the surrender that it takes to experience the kingdom of God in our lives. Because Jesus looks at the young man and says, go and sell all of your possessions and go give it to the poor. What does the Bible tell us? It tells us that the young man went away disappointed, went away discouraged because he wasn't willing to make the room, because he wasn't willing to let go, wasn't willing, church, to give up some real estate, to give up some territory, to give up some of his financial plans that he had. Listen, you can be rich in the bank and poor as all not in the center of your soul. I'd rather be rich with God than rich in this world. Because one day, listen to me, church, everything in this world will turn to rust. One day, everything in this world will turn to decay. And what will you be left with? Will you be left with a room that's fit and ready for the King of Glory to come in? Or will you find that everything you've built has turned to nothing? Understand, the only way you're going to save your marriage by giving it to God. The only way you're going to save your family or your finances is by giving it to God. The only way you're going to save your life and save your soul is by giving it to God. It's exactly what this woman did from verse 8 all the way to 37. She was constantly giving to God. And if you know the story, because this is where I'm going to wrap it up. If you know the story, you know that in verse 20, her son died in her arms one night after working long hours out in the field. We don't know exactly why he died. We just know that he died. She died in, he died in her arms after working out in the field. And this is what the Bible says. She carried the boy up to Elisha's bed and laid him there. You see, the reality is she put him in God's hands, church. She gave him to God until she could travel to Mount Carmel and bring back the man of God, which she did. She knew exactly where to go, knew exactly where to look. When you find yourself in a time of need, There's only one place you need to run. It's to God. Amen. You see, back then, the prophet of God represented God. She ran to God. You got a need? You got a miracle? You need a blessing? Go to God. Run to the right place. Run to the right person, church. But she left the boy on Elisha's bed until she could come back. And here's what the Bible says. When they returned, if you look at verses 33 to 35, when they returned, Elisha went up to his room. And there was the dead boy lying on his bed. He sent the Shunammite woman out. He began to call on God. Began to lift up his voice. Began to lift up his head. Began to cry out to God for this woman who made room in her life. And the Bible says that after he cried out for a moment or two, he goes over to the bed and he lays prostrate on that bed and on top of the boy. 
hand to hand, face to face, feet to feet, begins to call out to God, begins to cry out for the kingdom of God to come into that room. He doesn't sense it yet. Gets back up, walks around the room, begins to lift up his hands, begins to call on the kingdom of God and God himself once again. He lays himself back down on that bed, hand to hand, face to face, feet to feet. Begins to cry out to God, listen to me, church, until the kingdom of God came into the room that the woman built. Until the kingdom of God fell on the bed that the woman bought. Are you listening to me, church? He cried out for a miracle. And it fell on the place that was ready for him to fall. I hope you're getting this, church. Understand. It was on the roof, in the room, on the bed that was built for God that a miracle took place. It was in the room, on the roof, on the bed that wasn't there a month or two ago that the power of God fell. You see, here's the reality, church. If you haven't given up the space, if you haven't built the room, if you haven't bought a bed, the kingdom of God's not going to come. But if you're willing to give up the space this morning, if you're willing to build a room, and if you're ready to buy a bed, the king of glory is waiting to come in. Amen? It was... On the roof, in the room, on the bed that the woman bought, that the miracle of God and the kingdom of God came. How many of you need the kingdom of God to come into your life this morning? I want you to stand to your feet for just a moment, church. Because what you're doing as you stand is you're saying, God, I want the kingdom of God to come. I'm going to ask Sammy's prayer team to come forward just as the Holy Spirit leads, I'm going to go. But here's the deal. I know there's a lot of you in the house this morning that want the kingdom of God to come. You want his blessings to come. You want his favor to come. You need a miracle in your marriage. You need a miracle in your finances. You need a miracle in your household. You just need the kingdom of God to come, maybe into your mind, maybe into your body, physically. The Holy Spirit's asking this morning, How many of you are ready to make the room? Amen. How many of you are ready to make the room? Here I am, God. If you need a miracle in your life, you need a blessing, you want to... Listen, you can get it there just as much as you can get it here. But out of a demonstration of your willingness to give everything that you have, to be wholly devoted to Him, I'm going to ask that you make your way to this altar and you're saying, God, I'm a candidate for your kingdom to move into my life. I'm ready to make some room. I'm going to ask Pastor Chad sing whatever the Lord lays on his heart. And as he does, make some room. Come to the altar and make some room for God. Listen, make some room on your schedule. The food will still be there. 
The food will still be hot. They're not going to go out of business just because you don't show up when you normally do. God's got a miracle for you right here. If you need it, come. Come, church. If you need a blessing, you want the kingdom of God to come into your life, I don't care if it's 100 or 20, sing and let them come. Make room for the Lord, church. Amen. Come on. You as my king. If you want to know him, you in your come and make room for him, church. Otherwise, lift up a hand and just invite him in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To pull you as the lamb unto my feet all through the night. Oh, I want to know you. Deeper than before. Amen. Come on, you can even come and be alone with God up here, church. Can we just bless him this morning, church?